Do I need a life coach? You're listening to episode 34 with Rhiannon Bush. Welcome to the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. We're here to discuss the ins and outs of the life coaching industry and give you tools to use to see for yourself. I'm your host, Rhiannon Bush, mother, management consultant, and a passionate, certified life coach. Oh, hello, my friends. I'm going on a work trip this week and I am excited. I'm really, really looking forward to it, to um, actually see some colleagues face-to-face that I liaise with a lot online. Um, I think online is such a gift, the fact that we can do things over um, video and we can talk so easily with like Microsoft Teams and Zoom. It's such an amazing platform, one I'm very, very grateful for. But there is still nothing quite like seeing someone in person and getting to feel their energy and connect in that way. So I'm really, really pumped for this um, work trip. I think it's going to be a lot in terms of traveling and, and, you know, I haven't done a lot of that since I've been um, a mum, but super thrilled to be on the road again and, yeah, working out and about. So, yeah, wish me luck. So what have you got going on in your life at the minute? You know, what's... A hindrance, what's something that is stealing your energy? Maybe pay attention to that for a second. Maybe jot that down um, and just have a little think about the impact that it's having and whether it's something that can be shifted or changed, whether it's something that does kind of require that level of energy investment and emotional energy in it or is this something that you're focused on or stealing a lot of energy because you aren't addressing other things? Maybe. I don't know. Just some thoughts to think about um, because today we're talking about life on your terms. So a lot of people have asked me why I got into coaching and how. Um, I can't really tell you why I love coaching or what it is about it that I love so much. Um, Not succinctly anyway because there's so much that I love about it and I relish in and marvel in. Um, But fundamentally, my passion for it I can't really explain. It just resonates with me and it always has. I studied multiple different subjects as we all did in high school and I did study psych and I loved it. And then I went in a different direction um, for uni and I've questioned whether that was the right thing. And yes, I can always go and do a psych degree. Um, May do at some point when I'm ready to do another bachelor. I've already got two, not sure I need a third. Um, But yeah, it's... I remember loving it in high school and so I, it's something that has yeah resonated with me ever since. But the reason I got into coaching, you know, w- was because, well, one, well before I found coaching, I was pretty frightened by the idea of being in one job for the rest of my life. And while that job may be with various employers or in various places with various skills and job titles and roles and responsibilities – At my core, I hate, even to this day, the idea that I am told how much I'm worth paying, when I can take leave, how much leave I can take, and having to operate and function within my life, within the confines of what an employer tells me is and is not possible. And I know how entitled this sounds. Believe me, I know. I've had the very reflective moments on whether I should say this publicly or not, and here I am. 
I know that is not normal, a normal thought, a normal existence, right? So judgment aside, let's just park our judgment and let's just open ourselves up a minute to what it is that I'm saying. So while it doesn't sound like I'm asking for much in my own mind, in a way, it's a lot because what I want isn't normal, but we get one life and it's quite a short life, really. Therefore, wanting to do it on my terms doesn't seem highly unrealistic or invalid. The only thing it takes, to be honest, is a bucket load of money. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So I lost my job a while back. Uh, It was obviously a different job to the one I'm in now. And it was off the back of me having children. So I needed some security, a regular income. So I stopped coaching my clients. Um, I finished up with all of them and I went and got a job. And I loved the work that I was doing. It started with me consulting and then I became um, a permanent employee, (laughs) not so permanent, um, because that made more sense and it was very meaningful and fulfilling work. I loved my boss. It was all great. And I, for the first time ever, could have seen myself working with him for a very, very long time. And that made me question whether what I wanted was actually what I wanted. This thing I've wanted my whole life, my whole conscious adult life. And all of a sudden, I'm like, is it really what I want? Or whether having empowerment, autonomy, mastery, purpose, all the things Dan Pink talks about in a job, or perhaps perhaps that was what I'd been missing, which is why I had always chased doing my own thing. It made me question whether I was seeking escapism and doing, you know, the grass is always greener thing. And whether if I had had a boss that trusted me, empowered me, um, you know, etc., whether I would have genuinely been happy in a role for the rest of my life. You know, cool stuff, really. And I love being challenged with new thoughts like this because I hadn't really thought about it until I had this particular employer. And I think the answer is yes. You know, empower me. You know, let leave me, give me my head. It's a horsey expression. You know, when you give a horse their head, you give them, you know, you loosen the reins and then they can toss their head around and, and really run and play and do what they want to do. Um, but yeah, you know, give me my head, empower me and educate me, lead me. Why would I move? I have a very good girlfriend of mine actually and she had this expression when I was working with her and she said, follow me, lead me or get out of my way. And I absolutely love that. So... Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, when my role ended, I had to do some real soul searching. And ironically, or not so much as life happens, this all happened right as I was going on our first family holiday that I'd had since having kids, which I had really seen as symbolic of Damien and my return to stability and post-baby haze life. And then this bomb was dropped. And this family holiday um, that happened to be on Hamilton Island was suddenly like, oh, my God, (laughs) it was kind of really painted in this new light. And anyway, Hamilton Island, I highly recommend going for anyone who hasn't been. It's fabulous. But Damien and I spent some time together walking up Passage Peak. And on our way up Passage Peak, I came to a few realizations. But the main one was that if I get to the end of my life, and I don't ever really commit and try my own business and create my own income and business, that that will possibly be one of the biggest regrets of my life. And it's not about money. It's actually about developing something that forces me to grow and that enables me to contribute, but also enables me to run my own race. 
I find that deep thought work, you know, takes takes a lot for me to do it. I think it actually takes a lot for a lot of people to do it. I don't think it comes very easily. But to really sit with the feelings and sink in and, you know, really identify what it is that I want, I think it's really important work to do. And it requires settling into your body and looking at your life from a different perspective or different perspectives to try and find what it is that's going to give you the most fulfilling life with the most growth and the most challenges, you know, that generates the most pride and satisfaction in your life, you know, as you go through. And that requires you identifying what it is you need, what drives you. So how can you meet all your needs? Because it may not be something that you've ever considered before or maybe it is something you've considered. When you think about your life, you may be really happy in certain areas but other areas are lacking and the areas that are lacking may not have an impact on the overall span of your life at all. It may just be a a temporary problem or a temporary glitch. But one of the reasons people come to coaches is because they're not feeling good day to day. It's not about the big picture at that point for a lot of people. It's not about life holistically or being strategic or addressing the biggest fears we have or the biggest areas that are causing us problems or wreaking havoc. You know, it's about things we want to explore, the deepest desires that we feel or maybe fear. Most of the time when someone sees a coach, initially, it's about the day-to-day very specific problems that people have. You know, I want to lose weight. I want to quit smoking. I want to talk to someone about how I'm, I'm feeling quite depressed or I'm unhappy in my role or I want career progression or I want my own business or, you know, anything like that. You know, there are so many reasons people come and see a coach. But from seeing a coach, you start to consider your life on a much bigger, longer trajectory and how the day-to-day impacts the years and the decades and the wholeness of your life. And when you see a coach, you'll start to talk about your values and your needs, what lights you up. You'll begin to address on a far deeper level your identity, how you think about yourself, the person you are now, and the person you see yourself as, and whether there's a difference. If there is a difference, what is it? Is that a gap you want to fill? Or do you maybe not know how you see yourself? Has it been done by design or are you living your life by default? That internal versus external locus of control which I've spoken about in previous episodes. You know, do you place your, you know, circumstances that you're experiencing more on the control of your external environment or are you feeling like you own it and you get to drive the bus of your life? You know, it's a really interesting question and you know what's right for you but you also know that how you're doing it right now, if you're currently not satisfied or happy, then maybe you need to step up your driving or maybe you need to take the wheel and you need to drive it in the direction that you want to drive it. When I think about how I'm perceived by others, I have very little idea and I think to an extent I've stopped really thinking about it too much and stopped caring. Um don't get me wrong, I care. We're hardwired to care, right? As much as we all like to say, I don't care what anyone else thinks, we are hardwired to actually care about that. It's a 
pride, um, not pride as much as it is like group thing. It's a survival thing. It's a tribe thing. When we're part of the tribe, which means, you know, people like us to an extent, we're part of the group, which means we can survive, strength in numbers and all of that. Um, I remember working with a guy. <laughs> I didn't feel like he liked me very much and that was okay with me. But one day in a group, he said, Ray, it took me a long time to figure you out. When we're talking as a group, you make some faces. And that made me think you weren't interested in what we were saying or that you disagreed or you weren't comfortable. But what I now realize is that mentally you're just three conversations ahead and you're focused on what's going on and what's being said. I get it now. Now, I don't know if that's true because I think if you're in a group and mentally you're three conversations ahead, then you're not focused on what they're saying. You're probably not very interested in what they're saying and you're definitely not present and contributing to what the group is talking about. So, I wasn't really sure how to receive that feedback, but I had felt disconnected from new people and groups of people for a long time. It had been something that had happened ongoingly um, where I didn't feel like I was resonating with people in a way that I could before I moved to England. Uh, Maybe it was a cultural thing, um, but maybe it was interesting feedback nonetheless, and I've never forgotten it. (laughs) So interesting. But at the end of the day, what matters is what you think and how you feel. And to an extent, it's important what your inner circle thinks because they will typically spend a lot of time with you and I'd like to think have your best interests at heart. But at the very end of the day, you get to decide how you want to be, how you want to feel, how you want to think and what you want to do. And a lot of the time when you grow and you level up and you improve your contributions and therefore the world's kind of responding to you in this way, you know, whether it's monetary, whether it's in popularity, whether it's in business, whatever it might be, often your family may not be very receptive to the fact that you are growing and changing, Um, especially if it's in a way that they don't quite understand, you might get a bit of resistance. I was invited out to dinner with some work colleagues. It was probably four years ago. Yeah, it must have been. And this new manager that we had said, I hate putting my kids in daycare, but we all have to work. And I thought to myself, well, actually, you don't. And the reason I thought that was because what she said and the car she drove and the clothes she wore, and I thought, oh, you've, you know, you're earning good money. And look, to be completely honest, I had no right to think the things that I was thinking. They were absolute assumptions. I knew nothing about her or her life. So it was a massive, massive jump on my part. But I thought, well, if that's all the things that you've got, if you wanted to not put your kids in daycare, you could sell the car, you could not buy the fancy clothes um, and your husband could keep working and she told me about him and what he was doing. So I was a bit like, well, it is a choice that you're making. Um, You know, there might be more money for daycare if you reprioritized. And again, I don't know that for a fact, but they were just thoughts. And look, I too love to work, but if I didn't want to work, Centrelink is available. You know, I tried the full-time mum thing and it didn't work very well for me. I was definitely not my best self and having the balance of being a mum and working was something I really needed and I felt like I was a much more present and patient mum when I had that balance. On the Centrelink note, I don't condone not contributing to society. I think we live in a great society and it's because we have people that contribute in the way of working and business ownerships, paying taxes, all of that kind of thing. And we are all part of a greater whole that must work together to establish the society and the environment in which we live. But there are choices we can make, especially if we need temporary relief. 
to reorganize our thoughts, to replenish our energy, to redefine our direction. We always have options and nothing is permanent, clearly, from the job that I was talking about. And when you need some reprieve, it is available to you. And I think if you ever look at something as permanent, that's when it can be a bit daunting and that's when we can resist it because we're like, oh my God, if I make that choice, I'm going to be stuck in that forever. When that's absolutely not the case, it may just give you some breathing space just for a small amount of time for you to do what you need to do, process what you need to process and make a different decision. And if you give yourself a time limit on, you know, a sabbatical, for instance, you, know, you go away for three months, it's three months, you've got a return date. And if you can put some boundaries in place, then maybe you'll feel better about making that decision in the first place. I believe some of the most important work you can do is defining what life on your terms really looks like. A colleague of mine defined freedom once as the ability to choose. That was it. And until he gave me that definition, I hadn't really defined what freedom meant for me. It's the same as success. What does success mean to you? It's a really important question. Because when you can define it for yourself, you can also work out what you are willing to do to get it and that will almost be the prescription you need to have it and freedom may not be important to you success might not be important to you but what is work it out spend some time to think about it and again this is not something that you might decide in the next 10 minutes or after this podcast episode or in the next 12 months this may be something you ponder for the next 10 years it's a journey Again, that word, but it is. There are several techniques you can try to answer this for yourself. One question is if you were to die, open bracket, insert timeline here, it may be a year, it may be tomorrow, it may be in five years, but if you were to say die tomorrow, what would matter to you? Or if you were to live for a thousand years, what would you want to spend your time doing? What wouldn't you get sick of? If you won the lottery, what's the first thing you would do? What's the first thing you'd buy? And does that come from a place of relief, relieving some financial pressure? Or does it come from a place of fun and indulgence or ego? These questions, I don't believe, are questions you can answer in the space of one sitting. If you can, hats off to you. (laughs) But it's a question to plant in your mind and then keep watering that seed. Keep asking yourself the question. Keep exploring how that might look and what that might mean. And if it changes, how does it change? Does having kids change that for you? Does not having kids change that for you? Does a career change? Does traveling all over the globe, does exploring an entirely new career path, you know, what changes for you? I was listening to a podcast recently where they were talking about modeling great relationships about the elements of great relationships, the things that make them great. And one of the things that stood out to me, which I believe is absolutely true, was that the best relationships are built on a foundation of best friends because best friends talk, best friends hang out, best friends have fun. And where many relationships break down is when they stop having fun. When did you last have fun? And what is fun for you? All of these things are contributions to living life on your terms. 
I know for me, living a life on my terms means I have fun. I want to be the Daniel Ricardo of my life if we're, you know, looking at the F1 series. I want to be laughing and joking but also achieving and serious when I need to be. This may not be the best example considering Daniel Ricardo doesn't have a seat for next year. <laughs> but you get my point. You watch all the other drivers if anyone's watched Drive to Survive or if you follow F1 and Daniel Ricardo is always laughing and joking, goofing around but when it comes to work, he works. So you get my point. I want to have a smile on my face. I don't want to enjoy my life and I want to achieve and I want to work hard. These are things I've pondered for years. I think most people do. And you may have pondered them too. There's no right or wrong answer. But there are answers that are more accepted by your friends, family, society, community, your workplace. But at the end of the day, the only answer that matters is yours. It's your life. And while we can go through life experiencing things side by side with our nearest and dearest, we actually only ever experience things in isolation. And we only ever do things out of self-motivation or self-preservation. Sit with that for a minute because I know a lot of parents that would disagree with me. A lot of parents would say, no, I had kids too. To what? Build a legacy. That's about you. To raise a human being. That's about you. To bring life into the world. That's about you too. There's definitely an element of selflessness when you have children. But I also think if you search hard enough and if you really think about what I've just said and you answer yourself honestly, you will find everything that we do, everything has a self-motivation because it gives us something. It gives us a certain feeling or a reward, something somehow. So when you think about living life on your terms – If there is something you want to have, what does that mean for you? What is one small step you can take to start living into that? What's an adjustment you can make to clear your diary, to go and play an afternoon of golf a week or spend time with your family or take your loved one on a date night? There may need to be some trial and error learning here where you just give something a go like a pottery class or paint by numbers I don't don't know whatever you think of you know you'll try things and you'll realize that maybe that's not the path you want to take or if you try something and you go actually this is me I'm, I'm home this is awesome off you go you're that one step closer to being able to bring more of that into your life into your day to day is it worth doing this How content are you in life on a daily basis right now? If you were to give your life right now a 10 out of 10, as in it's perfect, or a 0 out of 10, meaning it's terrible and you're hating life, where on that scale from 0 to 10 do you currently sit? And if you want to make it a 10 out of 10, what needs to change? What what needs to fill that gap between where you are now and where you want to be? Or on the flip side, are you happy with the not 10 out of 10? And if you're happy with the 10 out of 10, then... That's all that there is. You know, no, it's no need to continue thinking about this. You can use that brain space to think about other things that you want to think about. So, does it mean that much to you? All of these questions are only questions you can answer. And you may be someone that loves thinking about this, or you may be someone who really doesn't love thinking about this, but it's all up to you. Have fun thinking about these things, my friend. And I'll see you next week. Bye now. 
Before you go, I always find reviews really helpful when looking for new information or insights. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a minute to write a quick review about what you found most beneficial so that other people can benefit from your insights and have the listen as well. I would love that. Also, if there are any topics you want me to cover specifically about life coaching or the life coaching industry, visit rhiannonbush.com to contact me. Thanks for joining and I'll see you in the next episode of the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast.